This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. Again, great to have everyone here today as we start our our next series, Rolling Up Our Sleeves. Now, where this series comes from is I wanted to look at some of the the old sort of biblical stuff around repentance and sin and everything. And it was was funny this morning. Where's Nancy? It was funny this morning. We were were talking about, uh, we were trying to predict the way Marianne Silverman would react to the word sin. And Nancy got it right. It was sort of like... You know, I said that word. Because, like, we say that word. How many of us just have a knee-jerk response? Like, oh, oh, yeah, exactly. You, you know, we just, I don't want to talk about that word and, and sin and, oh, don't, don't, don't give me a guilt trip. And so I want to talk about it, but I want to talk about it in a way that hopefully will give you a sense of freedom in your life. That idea that what repentance is really all about, it's really about freeing you up to be who you really are, who God intended you to be from all time. So I want to start with this really simple definition of the word repents. It comes from the Greek word metanoia, which means to change one's mind or change one's purpose, which I, which I love that idea. So, so we know that we want to change our mind, we want to change our purpose, because all of us have that thing, right? And we're going to talk more about this next week. That annoying thing that we just do all the time, and every time we do it, it's like, I can't believe I did that again. And so how can we start to wrestle with that? And one of the challenges is, is unfortunately, we all have blind spots. Those things that we just can't really see. And maybe we can take today's service and actually work at seeing them. So to get you into the idea of blind spot, I want to show you a little mayhem to start out with. Take a look at this video. I'm your blind spot, and my job is easy, hide big things. You're good. And with your cut rate insurance, you could be paying for this yourself. So get Allstate. You can save money and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Mayhem is everywhere, so get an Allstate agent. Are you in good hands? Like, I like that commercial, you know, that idea of a blind spot is to hide big things. And, you know, bang, there we go. I mean, we hit that stuff all the time. What I'd like to do is just start out by just f- trying to hear from you folks. What is it that you know? What do you know about blind spots, literally or figuratively? You can share that with a neighbor, or you can just talk about it amongst yourselves, or you're welcome to text that answer into me. We're going to have 60 seconds here. Take a look at that answer. All right, folks, let's take a look. You got some great answers here. Um, oh, we have somebody who was not a Villanova fan. That's interesting. Uh, I'm certain I have no blind spots. That's a good one. That's the blind spot, right? They hit you when you least expect it. I can spot other people's blind spots a lot better than my own. Sometimes I like my blind spots. It's a good avoidance technique. That's great. I like to think my account balance is my blind spot. I'll ignore it, and I just won't see it. Uh, We actually have blind spots in our eyes. We just can't see in certain spots. That is so true. With each working together, we can see better. Turning your head and looking the other way. Uh, these are really good. And I'll come back to some of these later. And, and so, you know, folks, just starting with that simple idea, like we all have blind spots. We all just do. 
And I want to sort of introduce you to some, some language here. And again, like some of this language is kind of, you know, it's older language. But I want to use it and I want to sort of show you what's underneath. And again, New Church, we kind of look at things very poetically. How can we look at like what's underneath some of this old language around spirituality? Well, I want to talk about our system. That's what we're going to be looking at today is, is what is our system? What is our racket? Like we have a certain way that we run things and it's similar to that person who shared so well, like I don't have a blind spot. That might be part of your racket. You know, part of the system that you, that you have set up and it actually keeps you from seeing things, keeps you from seeing. And what does that mean? Can we actually go back one slide? Sorry, I shouldn't have gone ahead that fast. And what that does is then our system actually leads to our sin quote unquote. In other words, we're blind to something so that what we do then because we're blind to it is that then we do things that are, that are, that are wrong. You know, I, I think about one that I've wrestled with for a large, large part of my life, not nearly as bad today as, as, as what it was, but you know, I had a system that said like the best way to discipline children is anger. If they know you're angry, thus saith the Lord, you know, we'll get them straightened out. Well, how well did that work for you? <laughs> Or for me, like it, it doesn't really work. So it led to, you know, just some bad parenting in there. And, and I think we all have that, you know, our system and then our sin and then our devil. And our devil's really just our scapegoat. It's, 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 we're going to look at that in part three. You know, today is the system part one. Next week, we're going to look at our sin. Then we're going to look at our devil. We're going to look at, at how then we, we do these things. And somehow our ego to keep hidden manages to blame these things on other people. So here's this thing I do that just drives me nuts. I can't believe I said that again. I did that again. I used that finger again. Whatever it is for you. And, and you know, the, the crazy part is that we don't look at responsibility for it. We put it somewhere else. So that's where we're going. And then we're going to come back down and see what happens when we see it a very different way. See, the trick with understanding the system, this is, this is the parts of our system here. Our system, it's the water in which we swim. It's a beautiful story uh, by a famous, famous author that I, that I loved. I said it a couple of years ago, but I'll repeat it because it's so good. It's, it's about a, an old fish swimming down the river and two young fish swimming up. And the old fish sees the two young fish and says, oh boy, water's cold today, and then keeps on swimming. The two young fish look at, look at him with a puzzled look and just keep on swimming by. And then these two young fish look at each other and they go, what's water? I, that's what a system is. It's where we don't necessarily get it. We didn't really realize that we're making these very unconscious choices. We surround ourselves with the water. And the first thing we need to really look at is what is that water? And that water we create, we create, it's created by us for our own success. It's our own racket where we get to come out on top somehow. And again, not that it's bad to come out on top, but we just need to be careful of that. Because it can mean we can be very prescriptive about how other people should be living. It's about self-maintenance and self-protection. So it's all about protecting me. It's where we can get very easily wounded when somebody questions our system. Because we've, we've set it up. It's like, oh, I have to protect myself. And the last one, folks, could we read that, that one together? Unquestioned, unexamined normalcy unquestioned, unexamined normalcy. Now, now, you may look at that stuff and go like, that's pretty highfalutin. I don't really get what I'm talking about. But you can see it in history all the time where we had unquestioned, unexamined normalcy. And what that did is that created things like this. 
You know, it was interesting. I read the little survey there. It said uh, 100, they surveyed 113,597 doctors, and they said the cigarette you need to smoke is camels. And, and you got to love the lady on the right. Can you see down what you're supposed to judge it on is your T-zone? How does it taste, and how does it feel in your throat? Interesting, right? Because you probably couldn't survey 100,000 doctors today and have them say, you know what, smoking's a good thing. I like camels. Probably not going to happen. And, and it's easy to look at some of these that are light, but there's also some of them that are very, very serious. Yeah, look at that, folks. See, and this is where it gets a little tricky with the system, right? Because, because are those people, listen, listen it's, it's like a fine nuance here. Are those people necessarily bad people? Yes or no? it's hard, right? I would bet you, you know, I mean, probably some of us have relatives that were involved in that kind of thing. It's, it's intriguing the way systems work because the system, we never really want to question the way a system works. Now, as the band comes out, just think about that for a minute. Like, anything that makes us feel safe, makes us feel like we belong, anything that makes us feel sure or certain or somehow in control, or somehow in control, we have a hard time really seeing what's going on. So that's why repentance becomes so important, because repentance is where we finally make an agreement with God to see to see those things that are actually in the way, to see those things that are not moving the world forward, to see those things that aren't loving. And in that process, to really open them up. So it all starts with a simple prayer. A prayer to really see. Yeah, so powerful. You know, that that whole idea of trying to really see what we're doing. Luke, I'm going to call you up front to grab those cans. We're going to be using those here in a minute. I, You know, in looking at that, you folks had some wonderful, wonderful observations. You can just take them down the audience, Luke. We're going to try something really tricky. Uh, You know, a, a couple of other notes about blind spots here. One person said, my enthusiasm can either do it for me or ruin me. The idea of enthusiasm can be a blind spot. Uh, the problem is that there's, it's just hard to see them, always when you're least expecting it, like the weather. Blind spots are subjects that I have a hard time discussing. That's a very poignant one. I'm sure a lot of people resonate. To say, take a second look or look from a different angle. I can tackle what I know, but I don't know what's in my blind spot, and that's scary. It's challenging to be humble enough to consider that, if you, that you have one. Seeing others see our blind spots, we should be open and start listening. Always followed by pure vision of regret and upset. That's a good one. Often holding me back or causing me pain and discomfort. So that whole idea of causing us pain and discomfort, do you see again, like it's, it shouldn't be a downer. Like it is a downer of sorts because it's like we got to look at some of the stuff that's not so pretty. In other words, we got to see how the sausage is getting made, so to speak. But we can get down underneath that, and the whole point of that is, is, is freedom. The whole point of that is, is to live life in, in, in a way that you're just, you're so much more alive. In ways that, that are really hard to articulate. So the challenge is New Church, New Church Theology puts it. 
Manuel Swedenborg says, before we are reborn, we do not know we have an inner self, let alone what it's like. So before we really get it, we don't understand that there actually is this inside part of us. That there is this soul deep inside. You know, I, and again, like, like our lives get totally consumed by the outside stuff. How many of us are worried to death about doing taxes? Raise your hands if you are. I know there's a few of you out there. I've canceled you. You know, like it's it's like that's that that's that external self that just like it just gets going on a gets going on a wheel, right? Submerged in bodily and worldly concerns, we imagine there is no difference between our inner self and our physical self. So, in other words, we look at taxes, we catastrophize. Boy, if 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 somehow this is the way it goes for me, if I get audited by the IRS at some point in time, what's going to happen is my life is going to end and we'll be homeless. Like, where does that come from? But, but that's because I can't see like there's a difference between me and that, that thing out there. So, you know, Christ talks a lot about that stuff, a lot about like, well, how do we sort of really try to get to the inside of stuff? How do we really start to look at those places where we're blind and really start to pull them apart to look? So what I want to do is I want to read to you something here from, this is from the Gospel of Matthew, and there's four Gospels. This is the one written by Matthew. And it's where Christ is talking to the clergy at that time. You'll see a reference to Pharisees here, uh, to teachers of the law. That is a reference to clergy. So woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth. In other words, you tithe of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin. But you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. You blind guides, you strain out a gnat but swallow a camel. We'll come back to that one. That's a, that's a joke by Christ. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will also be made clean. So what I want to do is I'm going to step over here, folks, and I want to come back to these words and sort of talk about what they mean. So if you think of this bowl here, you know, the bowl looks really nice on the outside. That's important. So let's start looking at this. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin. So they were tithing. They were giving. That's how people gave. You're supposed to give a tenth right? A lot of people still, we still fall out of my household. Lots of people still fall out ancient tradition. So what's kind of interesting with that is, is you look at that and that's kind of like the outside of the bowl. Like here's Christ going, yeah, you know what? You make the outside look really nice by telling everyone, look, I tithe without really caring about what's going on on the inside. It's just this pure concern with what's on the outside of the bowl. How does it look to everyone else? How pious can I look? How righteous can I look? Uh, how many Facebook pictures can I get? <laughs> you know, I, I, where, where we want it to look a certain way, we want to be voted onto the island by the way that external stuff looks. Now it goes on, but you've neglected the more important matter, matters of the law. Can we say these three together? Justice, mercy, and... Yeah, can we say justice, justice mercy, faithfulness? There we go. Boom, your teleprompter. So, so here, here are these things. And he's saying, look, this is what's really supposed to go in here. This is what's supposed to be about. Even folks, listen, this is really important. Even in giving your tithe, your tithe is about furthering these. 
It's not about looking good. It's about serving. Saying this is the way it's supposed to be. Now it goes on. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. In other words, do this and this. It's not that this is bad. It's just it needs to be coming from the right intention. The right intention. Now it goes on. You blind guides. You strain out a and swallow a. So it's this beautiful thing where he's saying like, look, you, you, you're, you're, you're so judgmental. You're so picky about the little stuff that you're missing the big stuff. Um, think of the fussiest teacher you ever had in your whole life. Like the not good fussy teacher. Right, who, who like everything just had to be, it's like, like the classroom wasn't about learning because learning tends to be pretty messy. It was all about order. And, and, and that's where like the small things can just get in our way so much that we're, we're kind of like, we're missing the big picture. Now goes on to say, woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. All right, time for your other teleprompter. Ready? Read it with me. Greed and self-indulgence. So here's Christ saying, the reality is you're, you ignored this stuff. You've turned it around. And what you've done is you've just, you've just filled it up with this, believing that somehow, listen carefully, that somehow because I've done the outside of stuff well, that that's all that matters. Because I'm a shiny penny, who cares what's going on on the inside? Because my life on the outside is so well organized and looks so put together and looks so great and my kids never cry and I never argue with my spouse and I never yell at people in the car, all of which aren't true. And, you know, because I, I do all of that, that, that everything's good and I can have as much of this in there as I want. Do you see where that's different? Like if you fill up the bowl with this, very different, very different outcome. And yet, we can get so consumed about the outside that we never really ask questions about these two. Which am I going to come from in my life? What do I want to fill my cup with? Knowing, knowing life's imperfect, knowing, of course, we will all have moments like this, but knowing that maybe, maybe, maybe I can, by not doing this, create room for this to occur. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. Goes on to say, first clean the outside of the cup and dish, and then the outside also will be clean. So he's saying, like, go, excuse me, should say, first clean the inside. So, so clean that out. Really pay attention. Pay attention to the water you're swimming in, folks. Pay attention to the water you're swimming in. I, it was, it was, uh, you know, like, like sometimes couples get into this, and I can get into it too. You know, we get into like this, this loop where every time we get together, uh, you know, and I'm sure some of you know what this is like, you know, where, where we're just in a bad place and just everything is an argument. And that's sort of the water we start to swim in. I guess it's Christ saying, no, no, pay attention to that. Really question whether, whether you need to be swimming in that water. Because everything in your ego is going to tell you, you have to be swimming there. You must be swimming there because they'll win, whatever that means, or they'll this, or they'll that. But we need to look much more deeply. We need to look much more deeply. And then we can start, folks, to understand stuff in a, in a much more sophisticated way. Now, this is one 
You know, I was thinking, uh, you know, as the service, I mentioned this to Stephen up in the booth. I said, this is the part either I'm going to say and everybody gets it and there'll be raucous applause or they're going to come out of the service and they'll be like, huh? So hopefully I can explain this in a way that, that we all get it because I think it's a big part of this. I think a lot of the time we conflate two things. You'll see them up on the next slide here. Wait for it. We, conf- we, we struggle with the conflation of choice and meaning. We struggle with the conflation of choice and meaning. That can be part of the water, part of the external stuff, and uh, it's a little tricky. Now, this is Ray, uh, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs. He just won the Templeton Award. Uh, a wonderful, wonderful rabbi. And I think he says he's saying something important here. And I'm going to come at it one of two ways. You know, I, when I get a day off, I like to do goofy, goofy stuff. Because it's like, as a pastor, you know, a lot of your life's pretty serious. I like to do stuff that isn't serious. Nobody's life depends on it. So I went to an RV show. So I, I'm walking around this RV show. Now, nothing wrong with RVs. One of, our, one of our most lovely parishioners, they drive around, they watch us from their RV all the time, saying hello to Lee. You know, they watch from their RV all the time. And um, RVs are great. But, you know, I'm walking through this, and it's like it's over at the um, Philadelphia Expo. That place is huge. You know, literally acres and acres of RVs. And I'm finding myself strolling along going, I want that one. And I want that one, and I want that one, and I want that one. Have any of us, you know, you do that? You know, you're, you're like, I'm not even going to, I'm not even interested in buying an RV, but I'm sitting there picking them out. And, and it's interesting, as I'm picking all these out, I'm feeling like, so like, oh, I picked one more, my life has more meaning. I picked another one, my life has more meaning. You know, and it, it's sort of like this, this, this massive uh, array of choice all of a sudden makes me feel like my life has more meaning. Where I know that, you know, I remember my, my son bought a car and, and he had a great car salesman. He bought a new car and the car salesman said, son, go as cheap as you can because in a week it's just going to be a car. Really wise to look at it that way. See, you ready, Luke? We're going to see if we can do something here. All right. You just stand right up here so you don't blindside me. So, so ready? So we have one choice. If I catch all three, you folks do owe me a round of applause. So, so it's, it's like soup, right? So, so I believe like, look, I got one can of soup. That's good. That's, that's all good. But then somehow if I buy into this choice of meaning thing, I believe, well, I have one kind of soup. If I have, oh, that was really good. A second kind of soup, guess what? Life just got twice as meaningful. And then... I caught all three. That's excellent, thank you. That was amazingly tricky. I, just so you know, guys, my football legacy in high school, I went from being a wide receiver to being a lineman because I couldn't catch anything. Um, you know, and, and that's kind of what we can get into, is we can get into this idea that just more and more choice means more and more meaning. You know, I mean, you look at Tink's beautiful little baby here. Tink, what is she playing with? A bag. She's totally content with a bag. Could we all bring her toys, folks? Please say yes. Yes. Would she care? No. Guess what she's going to play with? The bag. The bag's enough. The bag's enough. But we swim in this water where choice and meaning constantly come back and forth and back and forth. And maybe that's even something for us to question. Because that can create certain sin and that can create certain challenges. And and what we really want to do is we really want to make life a meaning game. 
a meaning game. I want to say that again, a meaning game. Here's a funny one. I'm going to move back over here. So our, our sermon writing team, wonderful group of people. And uh, I was talking about this and talking about how I wanted to talk about this. And one of our, our wonderful parishioners in there, uh, who's a man who struggles with addiction, he's like, Chuck, I don't want any choice. I want no choice in my life. Which you think about it as, as an addict would make sense. Like, he doesn't want to have to be worried anymore about does he pick up this drink or this drug or not. He just, he wants to have that part of his life like totally sealed off. Totally different in his life. See, what can happen, folks, when we, when we do that? We can start to reframe choice. Now, I want you to look at these here. How do we reframe that? Maybe our biggest illusion is I can do what I want to do. Now, now I, I want my kids to have a sense of opportunity. I want them to have a sense of, look, you know, you can see it, you can be it. Go out there, make your life, do that all. But also, please remember, you're not going to be able to do every single thing you want to do no matter what. Life just isn't working that way. I think Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory all of a sudden is coming into my mind. What was that girl's name? Violet, right? You know, and, and no, you don't always get the pony. You don't always get to do whatever you want to do. And there's an illusion that maybe we should. The second one, maybe there is in having less choices. Maybe I'll actually be more happy if I have less choice in my life. Uh, here's a simple one. Uh, you know, I was talking to, to, to Chris, and Chris was saying he was driving along, and all of a sudden there were, there were uh, two girls who'd gotten their car stuck, and Chris was like, yeah, I just, I just need to know that I need to pull over and help them out. Not, not a big question, not a big like rationalization, not that they des- deserved it because they shouldn't have parked their car there, none of that. Just a simple like, look, I, I have less choice, and because of that, I can actually have more happiness. Interesting, right? Paradox. Trying to look at the water, trying to look at the system differently. Number three, maybe there is actually freedom in not having as much choice. Maybe there's actually freedom in not having as much choice. Folks, I, I think we could talk a lot as, as, as a congregation about, you know, just, just the way the internet's impacting our lives. Right? You, you think about the internet. You can go on the internet, you can go on your phone and, and it's just this portal into everything. Everything. Does that have beauty to it? Yes. Does that have challenges? What do you think? Yes or no? Yes. You know, our kids literally have every choice at their fingertips. Not all those choices are good. Maybe less choice is maybe actually more choice. Number four. Maybe we can quiet our chatter and let God make the choice. <laughs> Maybe we can just like all those things, like just quiet my brain about like which dang RV I'm going to buy. <laughs> just, just quiet that and just let God do his thing. Just let God lead my life. Like, like even being able, folks, listen, like even being able to just sit quietly Sit in silence. I mean, it's interesting, right? We call, I said, we can call it our system. We can also call, call it, do you remember what I said? We can also call it our racket. Racket. Our racket. 
Like, yeah, like a criminal syndicate, but also like a racket, like a lot of noise. Maybe we can just quiet, see it a little differently. And the last one, maybe we can make a very simple choice to reframe the system. A simple choice to reframe it. A simple choice to take things the way that we just think that they're supposed to be, that they always have been, just this normalcy, and be able to really question that. Sometimes question it very courageously. Because boy, when you start talking about changing the system, it creates all kinds of backlash. But I think we're, as Christians, we're called to do that. We're always called to, to look at that and just kind of question the whole system, doing those things that Christ is talking about over here. Really trying to figure out what does justice, mercy, and faithfulness look like lived into our lives. Not a choice that's just born out of greed and self-indulgence. How does that look? How does that look in your life? How does that look corporately for us as a church? What does that actually really mean in its deepest sense? See, and it's brilliant, folks, when, when I, I feel like, you know, again, like repentance is about changing your mind. It's sort of, your mind kind of shifts a little bit. But it's not like a, you know, it's not like a horror movie where your head spins around five times. It's, it's just, it's a little shift of perspective. And all of a sudden we sort of turn and it's like, oh, there it is. I, I can see that way that I had seen the world. That's not working so well. And here's a slightly different way to see the world. And all of a sudden, things just open up. Now, I want to show you folks a video here. A video of just, it's just a small little, a small little beautiful video about just simply the, the power that can come when we change the structure just a little bit. We change it just a little bit and it allows us to actually reframe everything about it. It's a story about kids finding healing as superheroes. Take a look. The first step in the fight against cancer is believing in the cure. O câncer, na verdade, é uma alteração que leva a uma multiplicação desordenada das células. Em criança, o câncer mais frequente é a leucemia. Olha, sempre no começo de qualquer tratamento, é, é muito assustador, tanto para a criança quanto para a família, né? Building on our conversations with doctors at the AC Camargo Cancer Center, we had an idea which combines the medication with the world of superheroes to change the children's perception of the treatment. Transform the chemotherapy into a super formula. But the IV covers could have an even more powerful meaning. For this, we started to produce comic books and animations in which the superheroes go through a similar experience to that of a child with cancer and recover their strength thanks to the super formula developed by expert doctors. The stories of these superheroes allow the doctors to explain the illness and the difficult treatment process in a way which is understandable and fun. Eu acho que muitas das crianças vão entender como 
ter um poder mágico no tratamento agora pela super fórmula, né? Se superar, é superar a dor, superar os problemas, superar o desafio e continuar lutando para ficar bem. Eles são os verdadeiros super-heróis. An idea, which since it has been up and running, is helping the children in their own struggle against one of the real world's greatest villains. See, there's just a very, very small example of just, just like it's just, it's a change of the system. It's being aware that there's all kinds of things in our lives that we kind of think it just has to look a certain way or be a certain way. And, and, and what we can do is even in our, in our, just, our, our just normal living, we can, we can flip it. Listen to this line, folks. Listen to this. This is beautiful. Maybe part of Christianity, maybe one of its real beauties is this. It allows us to be here differently. Can we say that together? Be here differently. Yes, life will have its challenges. Yes, life will have its ups and downs. Yes, it will have its challenges. But when we start to do the beautiful work of repentance, when we start to allow our perspectives to shift and change, when we start to, to, to maybe see the system and, and look at those systemic things that are a problem and really actually address them, really actually say it. I loved what someone said, you know, my blind spot are those things I never want to talk about. And maybe we can actually talk about it. And maybe we can find a slightly different way to hold it, all the challenges of our world. We, could, we can find that little different way to hold it, just the way they did with these chemotherapy bags for kids. Just little stuff. So, your takeaway this week, what to take a look at, is just starting with the simple, as we start this ser series, a simple prayer. The first prayer of repentance is the prayer to see. Welcome your blind spot. Welcome it. Be able to talk about it. Think about it. Wonder about it. Have a conversation with someone about it. Go to Sunroom and talk about it or, or uh, one of the open groups. You know, Rob Nash is running one on Wednesday nights at 7 at the office. Talk about it. Try to, try to look at what your blind spot is. Because if we can look at that, folks, I do know that there's, there's an enlivening that happens. There's, there's, there's a spot, and this goes back to the Old Testament, and, and again, you may not know much of the Old Testament, that's fine. This beautiful one, the story of Jacob's ladder, where, where Jacob says, like, you were in this place. He wakes up and realizes God had been there. He said, you know, you were in this place, and I never knew it. That's what we're trying to get, to know it in a new way, to see it in a new way, to be able to look at ourselves in the mirror <laughs> and be able to see somebody coming more and more into the image and likeness of God that was attended from all eternity. Putting away the stuff that doesn't work. And, and more and more coming into the stuff that does, that is your heart song. With that, we're going to close today's service with a prayer. We have a great song to end it with. Marcus is going to be singing with us. And you're welcome at that last song to, to stand up and sing. I'm going to be singing with it because it's a really fun song. And just thank you, folks. You know, uh, this is good stuff to talk about.
I realize like there's a place in churches for those services that are enlivening and thrilling and all that. And there's also a time to just say, okay, that's great. And there's time to get down to the work. And the work isn't always sexy. But man, there's a lot of good stuff here if we can really hold with it and really work at it. So please join me in prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for your presence here among us today. And Lord, a few thoughts. Allow us, Lord, in some way to be able to see. To see those places, Lord, that are part of our system, part of our racket, that we leave unquestioned. And allow us, Lord, to maybe have the courage to actually have the conversation there. To be able, Lord, as we have that conversation, to be able to look at ourselves in the mirror, Lord, and know that we are coming more and more into integrity. More and more into a new will. Born of you. A new will. Based on justice, mercy, faithfulness, compassion. A new will that has moved us away, Lord, from greed and self-indulgence. A new will that is true choice, which is this, the choice to love. Lord, on a very personal level, I ask you to be with those who are struggling with loss this week, family and friends. Be with them, Lord. Let them know that they are held in prayer, that they are held tenderly by all of us here at New Church Live. In your name, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv. 